Acts chapter 17. Let's pray. Our Father, as we look at this portion, we pray your blessing. We pray that the Holy Spirit of God would have freedom to move in and amongst us, to impress things on our hearts and on our minds. We don't want to be hearers only, Lord. We want to be followers of the Word of God. Lord, be pleased to bless and to uh, fellowship uh, with us during this time in Jesus' name. Back in Acts chapter 16, something I forgot last week, and I meant to, say I don't use any notes, and so sometimes, which I think is a good thing, because I'm free to kind of move around, you know, if I feel like the God's impressing something on my heart. And I think a lot of times when people have notes, and if they use them and it's a safety net and that's helpful, I'm not against that, of course. Um, but then the problem is sometimes I forget something I plan on talking about, like last week. And it's a small point, but it's just something I kind of wanted you to be aware of. Um, verse 6 of chapter 16, now when they had gone through Phrygia, uh, verse, 17, uh, verse 7, after they were come to Mysia, Verse 8, and they, passing to Mysia, came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help, help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored uh, to go into Macedonia. At this point, Luke is with them. And Luke will come and go. And you can look at the personal pronouns. When he says they, he means they. Uh, when he says we, like he's on the voyage that's going to Rome that has the shipwreck. Uh, so there's a lot of, it's just interesting to me because Paul, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Luke is with Paul a lot of this and he's an eyewitness to a lot of the things that are happening here. Now in chapter 17, now when they, again, so where's Luke? I don't know. He's, like I say, he's coming and going. Luke is, he's the author of this book. He's the author of the Gospel of Luke. He's the one who, I'm sure in my own thinking, he has interviewed Mary. He has some insights that only only found in the Gospel of Luke. You remember she brought forth her firstborn son? She brought forth means she was the OBGYN. She delivered her own. How do you do that? I, that's a cute trick if you can do it. Look, uh, I, I was with uh, Suze when my, uh, when my oldest son was born. I was in Japan at the time. Um, I, I wasn't there at his birth, but when my second son was, I was, I was right there. A lot of people in the room. Kind of seemed like we needed them all except me, you know what I mean? And I, I had that nasty smelling mask on that was supposed to keep me from fainting. I was not going to faint. I was going to throw up because it just smells. It's like smelling salts on the inside of it so dads don't tip over. And then they're cluttering up the floor and she's, you know, it'd be hard to. But I, 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 I was there and uh, I was thinking like, you do that all by yourself? That's kind of an incredible thing. So Luke has these interesting things because he was right there. He interviewed people early on. He's, a, he's an incredible historian. So when we're talking about the book of Acts, all I'm trying to do is impress on you, this is someone who lived it. He was with Paul through these trials, through these imprisonments, through, through a lot of this crazy going on. Now, in chapter 17, is a very straightforward chapter, okay? He goes to Thessalonica. They, they go to Berea and they go to Mars Hill. And there's a big, big debate about Mars Hill. Uh, and when we get there, I'll, I'll discuss what the debate is. But much of this is very, very straightforward. And uh, it's exciting, but it's not very surprising. And it's all about Paul going and preaching and what the net result is. And that comes down to people making choices, which is 
That's, we call that life. I'm very happy that we're all reading, many of us are reading the Bible together. Life goes easier when you have the answers. It's an open book test. Uh, me and my wife, are we combative and we battling all the time? Not so much. In this, I, we had a fight back, I think it was 83, 84, I can't remember. Early on, we just had a, we, we have a tiff or a spat every once in a while. And what happens, inevitably, invariably? Well, we're reading the Bible. And the Bible shows me, ge- now honestly, generally, where I was wrong. Why I treated her shabby, or, or why I wasn't Christ-like. And then I'm, I come to repentance, I say, that was wrong. So I come and I say, I messed up, I'm sorry. And now we go on with our lives. Absent the word of God in my life, those tiffs would become Donnie Brooks, knock down drag outs, go time at my house all the time. What happens? Well, the word of God has a purifying effect in my life. It's a faith walk. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I'm so glad to see, because, you know, I'm reading some of the posts and I'm like, you know, you seem to get it. You're reading it, and, and you're posting what you thought, because it says, talk it over. You know, what, what was God speaking to you about in this passage? And you seem to be getting it. And then, you know, I, I read something that's like, well, I, I was thinking of this, this, this. And then it becomes a, a prayer, and you're posting your prayer. God, don't let this be true of me. What we, we see in somebody's life that was taboo or bad or, well, sinful, frankly. And you look at that, and you say, I don't want to be that person. And I'm like, praise God, this is wonderful. Look, you do this well enough. I, my job becomes superfluous, and I would, I would love to retire and not have to teach the Word of God. Not really, I wouldn't. But I mean, I, don't, I just want to reinforce the things that God's already teaching you. I, I, you know, if this is new to you, well, fine. You know, that's good. I mean, you know, we all begin at some point. But hopefully to you, this is just what God has been showing you, what God has been teaching you, what God has been uh, working out in your life. And here I am just coming along and reinforcing. Praise God. Chapter 17, let's get into it. I don't know that I'll get the whole chapter because uh, just, it's a lot, okay? Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and through Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where it was a synagogue of the Jews. Now, you know the MO. He goes to the Jews first. He goes to synagogue. He didn't in Philippi because they didn't have one. You remember, they had less than 10 Jewish men, and so what would happen is the, they would pray down by the river. That's what, how it worked out. Well, here, Thessalonica is a big place. It still is, okay? It's in Macedonia slash northern Greece, and it's... Uh, uh, over a million people. They figured at this time there's over a quarter of a million people. But it was a big town then, it's a big town now. Uh, what Paul does now, he kind of goes to the population centers. He figures out, look, at the mo- more people I have, the more we'll hear the gospel, that we'll establish a church. And from there, the, the church will kind of filter out to the surrounding environs. Um, let's look at Thessalonica, uh, and let's look at First Thessalonians, because I think it's a good... And if this is helpful to you, and I'm, and I'm hoping it will be, talk to the most people you can. That doesn't mean you don't do the one-on-ones. Um, verse 5 of, of, of the first chapter of First Thess- uh, Thessalonians. For our gospel came not only unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. As ye knew the manner of men we were among you for your sake, and that speaks to me, you, you, want, you don't want to be a, a talky Christian. You want to be a, a walky-talk. You want to walk the walk and talk the talk. You don't want to just be a mouthy, mealy-mouth. 
you know, telling people how to live their lives, but you don't live the life that way. Because he's saying, no, no, we were the real deal, and you knew it. You became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. You say, wait, is affliction and joy? I can't explain it. I've understood it. I mean, I've lived it. I get it, but I can't explain it. When there's affliction in your life, there's the joy of the Holy Ghost. I look back at my life when things were just breaking in my direction all the time. Though that week that happened that time, right? When everything I touched turned to gold, where, where just things were, I had money, I had health, I had nobody against me, I had everything was going my way. That's not even life, really. And it, it's fun, but there's no growth. You know, I, I think in the valleys of life, we, we, we run into the lily of the valley, you know, if we never had a problem, we wouldn't know that he could solve them. Uh, this old line from an old song way back. We encounter God in the fiery furnaces of our life. It's just, it's just so. Well, he's saying, you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, and so that you were ensamples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia from for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. Well, we don't have to, because you know what? You're doing it. You're bringing that, the gospel everywhere you go, and it, you're, 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 you're advancing the kingdom. We brought the gospel to you, and you've taken it everywhere else. Good job, by the way. Uh, for they themselves show us what manner of entering in we had among you and how you turned from God, uh, to God from idols to serve the living and true God. We'll see that when he goes to Mars Hill. People are incurably idolatrous outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the most important thing to you, the thing you can't live out? In other, in other words, I'm going to ask you, what's your idol? It's not Jesus, it's, it's, it's a lesser God. Well, I don't believe in God, I just believe in myself. Oh, that's the worst of all. That's the worst of all. Boy, what a, what a messed up, puny, <laughs> irritating God you serve. Yeah, I'm talking about you, and I'm not apologizing. Uh, and on it goes. Okay, back to Acts chapter 17. So he's in Thessalonica. He goes to the synagogue, and Paul, as his manner was, okay, read here, it's his modus operandi. He's, as his manner was, it's what he usually did. He went into them, and three Sabbaths reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Now, why three Sabbaths? Why is that key? Because he got chased out of town, and he only had three Sabbaths. He would have been longer. He would have said more. He would have done more. He was in... Uh, Corinth for two years, I think. Uh, he, 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 no, he's in Ephesus in the school of Tyrannus. I think it was for, for like about two years. He's with an open door and he's welcome and the gospel's going forward. That's, that's where he wants to park for a while. Well, he's only in Thessalonica for three Sabbaths and they chased him out of town. We'll read that. I was, uh, he went in unto them for three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. Now, what's he doing in the... He's preaching the gospel. He's teaching the Bible. He's showing the Jews, hey, how come you didn't know this? This is your scripture. And obviously, now some of you would know Psalm 22. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If you read through that, and we've read through that a lot of times when we're doing communion, and I focus on... Psalm 22 is remarkable. About 1,000 B.C., Okay, King David wrote it. What was going on in David's life? Well, 
probably we'll talk about that Wednesday night, what was going on in David's life. It sounds like it was written first person from the cross. It, it, it dramatically looks like crucifixion, hundreds of years before crucifixion was invented, that talks about the crucifixion specifically of Jesus Christ. I, 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 if, if I was a skeptic and I read Psalm 22, I wouldn't be a skeptic anymore. I don't know about you. Some of you know that. Isaiah 53, you know, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He shall grow up before him like a tender plant out of dry ground. It goes on and on. You know, he hath no form of comeliness that we should desire him. And it talks about, you know, him dying for our sins. You know, uh, he, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes were healed. It's all there. It's incredible you're reading the gospel of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. How come those who are very familiar with the Old Testament don't know that? Well, Paul's connecting all the dots and saying, hey, you should be very, very aware of suffering Messiah. They, there's, there's much about the victorious Messiah, the coming to establish his kingdom. And by the way, we're broken in both directions. There are people who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. There's people who don't believe he's coming to earth to establish his kingdom. I don't want to talk badly about anyone. I don't. The, the, the biggest church in this area, I, I believe he's a man of God. And I believe he loves Jesus. He doesn't believe in a literal coming of Jesus Christ. I never had a chance to talk about that. What do you do with this verse? And what do you do with this verse? And what do you do with this whole passage? What do you do with these chapters? And what do you do? You know, just like it's all allegorical. So Jews would focus on the son of David coming to deliver us because they kept, remember the, the disciples? Are you going to deliver us? Is the kingdom going to happen? At this? He said, that's not, don't worry about that, okay? You just preach the word. Just, um, there was, uh, they had the theology, two messiahs, okay? A suffering messiah and a victorious messiah. Well, it's the same messiah. It's just two different advents, two different comings. And Paul was saying, yeah, he, this had to happen. This, and he would show them and he would teach them the Bible. Is this important? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who have no faith and we're trying to move them to faith, how are we going to do that? Oh, I don't know. Anyone get any ideas? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I can talk to you about my ideas. And my ideas like your ideas. Who cares? Okay, you got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. We've got Facebook, write all your opinions out and we'll ignore them. And who cares? This is what the Bible says. This is what the Word of God says. This is, and this is how we know it's the Word of God. I mean, it's all here. Uh, like I was saying, prophecy is like one of the surest. How did God know? How did, how did, how did the writer a thousand years before Jesus know that he was going to be crucified and explains it in such detail that even the biggest skeptic must say, oh my goodness, it's, it's here. It's all here. Well, because it's God, and God doesn't live in time. He, he lives outside of time, and he, he knows the end from the beginning. It says it all through the Word of God. So Paul is reasoning with them out of the Scriptures. Is this important? Please, this, this is one of those life-changing verses. I was listening to a guy online, and he's talking about Mars Hill, and you know what happens at Mars Hill? Paul does not use Scripture. And a lot of people have commented on that. And he was applauding that. Yay! Because they don't know Scripture. And they don't live where the Bible is the Word of God. So Paul was reaching them at their level. 
I would say he's not, you're not reaching anybody at all. People who I have talked with, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe the Bible's the Word of God. Hey, it's, it's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I've seen people cut to ribbons to the glory of God with this two-edged sword who just told me they didn't believe in it. It will have its effect whether people believe it or not. Now, sometimes that effect is judgment. Sometimes that effect is you're cut to the quick. What happened to me? I heard the gospel. I was a religious person. I never had gospel in my life. I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard verses. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God ministering, opening my heart, stringing these verses together in such a way I'm like, I'm on the outside looking in. I don't want this. I don't want to go to hell. And the word of God brought faith to me. I'm glad. You, you remember Larry. Uh, last summer he came and he shared. That was the guy some of you guys remember. Larry, Larry Ingalls, he, a couple summers ago, okay. He came and he said, that was the guy who led me to the Lord. How do you do that? Praise God, he preached from the Bible. He showed me what the Bible said about my condition. Now, he could have come to me and just told me his opinions and everything else, like a lot of people do. And I was, might still be on the outside looking in, who knows? How can we measure such a thing? But you get to the Word of God as quick as you can. People don't have to believe it. It'll still have its effect. It is living. It is powerful. It is the Word of God. Preach the gospel. Please, be away from sharing your opinion. And here's the other thing, too. I know we're all political, politicized. We're all woke. Okay? Yeah, I get it. Can you differentiate? And some of those things are important because you can talk about things. I don't know how to say this right, and I, and I really want to thread this needle. Don't confuse the gospel with the Republican Party. Those are two different entities, please, okay? You say, aren't you a Republican? I'm a conservative. And where they cross over, praise God, where they don't, you're on your own. I'm not going there. I'm not an apologist for the Republican Party. I am a Bible teacher. And again, sometimes those things overlap. We, we'll talk about politics there. We'll talk about right and wrong. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But I want to tell you what the Bible says about it, not my opinion, okay? Enough said, Fred. Let's keep going. He's reasoning with them out of scriptures. This cannot be overstated. He's opening a legend. Christ must indeed have suffered and risen from the dead. And this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ, is Christos. Is, that's the, the same as the Jewish word for Messiah, Messiah. Okay, Jesus is the Messiah, is what he's saying at the synagogue. And some of them believed. What happens when you preach? Some believe. How come they don't all believe? Because people make choices. Okay? It all comes down to choices. Every week, I'm, 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 I'm talking to some people who just sit there and like, yeah, I don't know, no, no. Okay, fair enough. I can't, I can't reach into your brain and start flipping switches and start connecting, fusing dendrites together. I can't, I can't do that. The Holy Spirit of God can, can soften your heart. Why are we judged on at Judgment Day? Because we can believe if we want to. I, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that God will always give us enough wiggle room out of belief if we want to take that path. I have a son. Some of you know he's not a, he's not a believer. After his divorce, he, he blamed God that God didn't come and rescue his marriage. And I talked to him at time. I said, you know, this is ministry. You're going to be able to minister to others who have gone through the same thing. 
choice happened. He chose like God didn't show up, forget about him. And he started going on websites to bolster his newfound atheism and why the Bible isn't the Bible. That's what you're looking for. You'll find it. If you're looking for, why, why should I believe this? Why should I? And you have an open mind and an open heart. I think God will lead you where you have to be. But if you have already made it, hey, you, I made up my mind. Don't confuse me with the facts. If that's how you're going to be. That's why some believe and some don't. Some of them believe and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude of the chief women, not a few. I love, uh, that's uh, not a few. That's um, Luke's quaint way of saying a whole bunch, right? So we have um, devout Greeks, a great multitude, and chief women, not a few. Uh, but the Jews which believe not moved with envy. Nobody's ever neutral about the gospel. It's amazing to me. Nobody's neutral. It seems like I'd be like, I don't care. That's your, yeah, whatever, right? That's what you, that's how you, you need a crutch, right? That's the famous thing they say, right? Well, good. Good for you. You found God happy for you. Whatever, right? Nobody's neutral about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is that? You know, I, you know, here's a funny thing I can say. I can say, God bless you after you sneeze to somebody who doesn't even believe in God. My son, who's professing to be an atheist, every time somebody sneezes, he always says, God bless you. And if I say to him, no, that's not a problem. God is kind of not very frightful a lot to a lot of people. It's, yeah, God, whatever. We start saying Jesus, you start getting people very nervous. Have you noticed this thing? Or is it just me who notices these things? You're talking about a Savior. You're talking about... God who became flesh dwelt among us. Now all of a sudden we get people's, they're interested and they're one side or the other. Oh, upset that you mention in Jesus. And they hate it. Pretty soon you can be talking about sin. And maybe you might say the H word. <gasps> we don't want to hear that. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. Don't tell me I'm going to hell. That's where the, the fireworks really start to go off, right? So nobody's ambivalent. The, the Jews which believe not, they move with envy. Why? Because Paul's attracting all these people. Everyone's converted. Everyone's coming over to the gospel. And we have, here in Thessalonica, we have this synagogue, and people come every week, and they're just like bored to tears. And now this guy comes along, and all of a sudden, everyone's on fire, everyone's excited and stuff. And we hate it. We can't stand it. How come people aren't all excited about our message? Oh, so they moved with them. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Sometimes you just got to love King James, right? Because uh, if you have that in like New American Standard, it says evil men. And they are evil men, don't get me wrong. But I love, you, you can't get any better than, right, certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. They're bad guys, okay? Here we go. And they're... And he, they gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So they're looking for Paul and Silas, but they don't find them there. Jason will introduce this guy, probably a prominent believer. That's all we know about him. And when they found them not, okay, they weren't at home, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Now, let's talk about turning the world upside down a little bit. 
Would to God that people are talking about you and me as those who are turning the world upside down. I don't think that they meant it as a compliment. It sure is. It would be to me. If I was hearing that these are turning the world upside down and I was hearing that about you, I would think, man, that's great. We're, uh, that's awesome. Now, the world is upside down. It, it, it is. In America, in the 21st century, we don't know what gender is supposed to marry what gender. We don't even know if there is gender. It's very fluid, okay? Uh, there was a, a, a lady in Texas who's chemically castrated her son because she believes that he's supposed to be a girl. De that's ignorant, you think. I, uh, amen. <laughs> how, how, do, how do you know about a six-year-old, and why can't you wait till he's old enough to vote on the subject? Um, Dad can't do a thing about it. He went to the court and tried to interfere. He can't. He doesn't have any rights. She has rights. And you're thinking, well, that's crazy. That's what I'm trying to say. We're a little upside down. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Don't you ever stand between a, a lady and her right to choose abortion. We, we don't care about what the fetus has to say. And being an ex-fetus, I'm very interested in people not taking my choice away from me. But we're upside down. We're crazy. We're, we're, in, we're insane. It was right side up once. God made these two people, put them in paradise. Here. Listen to what he said. Have added all the fruit of all the trees in the garden. You can eat anything. Oh, it's one. Don't mess with that. But hey, 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 hey. Be fruitful and multiply. Oh, what a gracious God. What a good king. What a sovereign. What a spectacular God. And now, oh no, we got to eat of the tree. We got to be like gods knowing good and evil. How's that working out? We, we don't know good and evil. We get it wrong only all the time. People always say, uh, why did God do this? And how come, if this, if this is a God, why is the world like the way it is? Um, listen, uh, that ain't God. That's you. He said, don't do that. And we do that. Uh, a friend of mine, he said, uh, this some school shooting, one of the many, right? He said, how come, if, if God so, how come, uh, God didn't shoot up a school. God said, he, he left a command, hey, don't do that. Don't take a life. Well, I, I don't, I'm against that. You say, well, he should have intervened. Oh, now we're going to open a whole can of worms here. You want him to intervene every time you select bad? And the guy who was saying to me, he was living with this girl, since I've known him, 20, well, a quarter of a century, he's been living with this woman, well, benefit of marriage. You want God to intervene there? No, he going to leave me alone. I'll make my own choices. Oh, you just want him to intervene when you don't like the... No, if he, he's given us free will or he hasn't. Here's the rules. He's given us free will. Well, how about innocent people suffering? That's always the nature of sin. That's always the nature of sin. That's why sin is so sinful. It was just me hurting when I sinned. That, that's one thing. But it always involves other people. You think uh, if, you know, when the Bible says, you know, attack the shepherd, uh, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. You think if I was involved in some horrific scandal, selling drugs to school children or something, you don't think that this would affect this church at all? Because I have an idea it might a little bit and would give ammunition to all enemies of God who say, 
Oh, yeah, they're a bunch of hypocrites, just like everybody else. No, my sin would affect others. That's why sin is so sinful. Innocent people are hurt all the time. I'm never saying sin. I'm always against sin. It's, it's never going to take you where you, you think it's going to. It's never going to be the thrill you want it to be. Say that extramarital, ooh, stolen waters are sweet. Well, how come you always end up with a mouthful of gravel? That's what Scripture says. Is it right? Well, only always. So, here we go. Uh, yeah, they're doing contrary. They've turned the world upside down. No, they're turning the world right side up. It's already upside down, okay? They've, they've, they've troubled the people and the rules of the city when they heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and of the others, uh, they let them go. So there was a peace bond involved, read here, bribe, uh, or bond, I mean, to be sure, but which is just a legal bribe, right? Uh, why? Because th these guys are bad. Are they bad? No, they haven't done anything wrong. You know, I, we can go on and on and on about this, and it would be the whole sermon if we wanted to be. Christians make the best citizens. I mean, you do. You vote. You pay your taxes on time. You generally keep your lawn nice. If a Christian moved in next door to me, that's not a bad thing. It's usually a very good thing. And the neighborhood's better and everything. Are you guys... One's demonstrating, breaking things, rioting, generally, right? Christian riot, right? Not generally. Um, in China, they're really press, uh, oppressing and uh, harassing uh, Christians. I like to talk with the leader of China. Hey, ease, ease up. These are your best citizens. How come you don't realize that? And there's always that, because Satan is a persecutor. When he has somebody's heart, he, he moves it against the church all the time. If you were just like leading a, any country in the world, and you had Christians, you would, you'd say, yeah, more, we need more of them. They show up for work every day. They don't, they don't bother the government. They're just helpful and handy to have around and a benefit. Oh, no, they're teaching things that are, that are contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying that there was another king, one Jesus. Oh, and we can't have that. And really? No, they're, they're, help, they're helpful everywhere, every, every way. And I can go through this whole, you know, before Jesus, was there any hospitals? No. Before Jesus, was there any orphanages? No. Before Jesus, was there any such thing as women rights? You go to a country today that isn't, has gospel influence, you see what the right women have. No. Everywhere Christianity is, it's, it's helped the world come into a, a better place. Oh, Christians are helpful and good. It doesn't, mi doesn't matter that people lie about us all the time. It's always been the way it is. Here it is back here, okay? They, these guys are not helpful. They're scandalous. They're saying all these things. They're to the point where these guys get arrested and they have to pay a bond, okay? When they had taken security of Jason of the other, let him go. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went to the synagogue of the Jews. So coming to, from, they're at Philippi, right? And it's about 100 miles to Thessalonica, three, over three days' journey, right? You're thinking about 30 miles a day on foot to guys who are pretty rugged, who depend on the train, ish, okay? So now from Thessalonica to Berea, it's about 50 miles. So you're thinking about two days' journey, okay? Uh, in case you're wondering about these things. But it's all, most all of it's by foot, okay? When it says they, go, they 
go by sea, the next part, because they went by sea. Here, they're walking down to Berea, and they coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. Like I said, we've seen this right, all, right, right along. Now, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scripture daily whether those things were so. I think there is a nobility here, but that's not the real word, okay? King James again, sometimes it shines, sometimes not so much. You have that in New American Standard there? What's it say? They were more noble-minded. It, it, it means they were more open-minded, more fair-minded, okay? That's the word. I think that's noble, by the way, because I don't know many people open-minded. Now, they tell us that we're a bunch of closed-minded simpletons, you know? We're just the, the, we're rubes, okay? We believe in a creator. I talked to them about that. So you're telling me, first there was nothing, then it exploded a couple billion years, and here we are? You believe we came from chimps? Yeah. Well, you're much smarter than I am. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. For a million reasons, anyone see, any, you guys ever watch Genesis Network? Anyone see it this morning? Oh, it was great. See, you're not on the same page as me. He, he broke Darwinism so thoroughly, the guy who was presenting, I can't remember his name. Nobody could ever believe it after he got done with that. It was, it was perfect, it was wonderful. I was sitting there cheering, yay. But you guys missed it. And I can't go and do the whole thing. If I could, I would. Uh, we're losing our children. Why? Because they go to college and tells them, yeah, yeah, you know, you're not one of those simple-minded rubes who believe in the Bible. Right? They're not open-minded. It's funny that our learning institutions have become the most closed-minded centers ever. And it's funny to me, too. Ivy League, all of them, Harvard, okay, Yale, Princeton, they were all Bible colleges to get men ready for the ministry. That's how they started. Again, college as we know it is more of a, a, a university, something has more of a Christian function where men and women can go. Uh, women at university before Christ or, or college or extra training. Or, or we, why do we need women who can read? We don't even, haven't invented cookbooks yet. Yeah, I'm being sexist on purpose. I'm just mimicking their thought, their philosophy, okay? Did, did Jesus' mother read? Probably not. Many women of the day didn't. Why would, why would you teach a woman how to read? Now Christ came along and we realized the value of womanhood. And, and I think, I, I told you this a thousand times, I, I'm, I'm, I believe in equal rights for women. That doesn't make me a feminist. It does, but it doesn't. Because when I say feminist, you think people who hate men. Well, I'm not that. I think the movement's been hijacked. But I think Jesus brought women into equal status with men. People accuse us opposite, but I, I don't think they... 15 minutes in a library. Just, you'll, you'll figure it out. I'm just... Anyway, they're the more noble, the more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. Well, Thessalonica is a big city, and a lot of people came to believe. But these ones are even better. Why? Because they, they did this. They received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Uh, okay, so you're going to get a recording of this half and say, uh, gee, I wonder if any of those things Adam was saying was true. No, most people won't, but that's fine. You can. It's, Mike will give it to you. It's free. We don't charge any money for anything like that. And this is what I want. This is my 
paradise. People opening their heart, listen, say, hmm, hmm, that's interesting, Adam. Yeah, I wonder if that's so. And then go and search in it on their own. Because I know, anyway, again, there's people like, yeah, you're full of it. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know. And, that, and that, that's, it is what it is. I ain't going to change your heart. I, I can't change people's hearts. But here, there's a nobility. There's an open-mindedness. There's an open-heartedness. There's a, there's a, so I've talked with people, right? I don't, I don't believe any of that stuff, angrily. Well, if I could prove to you that God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and that the Bible is the word of God, would you believe? No! Wow, really open-minded. If I can prove the answer to that question is obviously yes, what are they telling me? I ain't going to believe even if you prove it. And they're proud because they're so, all right, you're going to stand before God and it'll all, it'll all come out in the wash then, all right? I don't wish that on anybody. So I'm trying to tell you now, and I'm begging you, have an open mind. I say things that, like, I know go against culture. I know that. I live in culture, and I understand all the crazy out there. And I sound like, I, I say something to myself, and I, so, I sound crazy to myself because I hear all the other stuff. And I'm like, no, this ain't crazy. This is the Bible. This is what the Bible says. Again, you know, if you're, if you're politically correct, you're wrong in every other way, and you're certainly biblically wrong. There's no question about that, okay? Uh, what is passable in, uh, in America, what, what is reasonable is not biblical. Those are extreme opposites, okay? That's just, just so as you know. And sometimes we'll get a, I'll get a, a fair hearing. You'll get a fair hearing. Sometimes, what happens in that situation, the person usually becomes born again. It's a very reasonable theology. It's a very reasonable way of life. There's nothing unreasonable about it. You're not a mindless robot. Who's, you're a sheep who's easily led, manipulated. What are you talking about? Some of the brightest people I know are Christians. Well, it's not an intellectual thing. Some, uh, some very, very bright people, also atheists. And some very simple folk that I know are Christians. And some very simple folk I know are atheists. It's not even like an intellectual thing. But I will tell you this. When you become a Christian, it's not like committing intellectual suicide. I never did. I believe what I'm, I'm certain is wrong. No, not at all. I was open-minded. I was open, and by the way, I was a little desperate, and that'll help too. <laughs> if, if you drown, somebody throws your life preserver, you're, you're likely to grab onto it. But it never assaulted my intellect. It's very, very reasonable. And, and, and so I, I, I kind of feel like open-minded. I was going to say noble, but I don't want to flatter myself. I feel like I was open-minded. I heard, and, and I was a different stripe. I was a different ilk. I was in a different group, in a different category. What happened? The Word of God, like a lot of you, we've taken the same, uh, the, the same, I don't know, we, 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 the same journey. We, we, we came out of a different group, and we listened, and the Bible had its effect on us, and we ended up in the same place. It will. It will. It does that. You have to be a little bit open-minded. Now, if you've made up your mind, Hope you made it up right, because you're going to stand before God, and He's going to He's going to every idle word you say, every every everything you, it's all going to come out. Therefore, many of them believed. Also, of honorable women, which were Greek, and of men, what? Not a few. There you go. Right? A lot is what He's saying. Thessalonica, gospel, 
reasons with them out of Scripture, a lot of people believe. He goes to Berea. Berea is open-minded. They're testing the Scriptures. Is that, is that what? I, okay, wait a second. He's saying that this Jesus guy is the Messiah. Let's check this out. Well, he's wounded for our transgressions. Bruce, huh, huh, interesting. And they will look upon me whom they have pierced. From Zechariah, huh, huh, isn't that interesting? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hmm, hmm, look at this. And they're connecting dots. They're open-minded, they're reasonable. And a thousand other scripture, to be sure. Uh, passages, whole chapters. When you start connecting some of those dots, it's the most exciting, as, as some of you know, it's the most exciting thing in the whole world. You, you'll, get, you'll get so addicted and... I hope they never cure you, as I hope I'm never cured either. It's so wonderful. Um, and so the Thessalonica preaches the gospel, a lot of people saved. Um, Berea preaches the gospel, a lot of people saved. Goes to, now I'm just going to position it. We didn't get enough time to go here, right? I'm just going to position us for next week. He goes to Athens, okay? They have Stoics. They have Epicureans. We'll discuss that next week. They have the Parthenon, okay? They have a history of Aristotle and Plato and Archimedes and a lot of other dead guys with long unpronounceable names. We'll talk about them next week. And he goes and he reasons with them. I kind of think of more like a TED talk. He doesn't use scripture. And what happens? Not much. Now, many have hailed the Mars Hill Sermon as the finest. I, I think it's the finest human reasoning, finest talk. But a- afterwards, he goes, when he goes to Corinth, he says, you know, I, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's not quoting poets anymore, Greek poets. He's, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And it's the gospel. And I think that's what you're seeing here in the 17th chapter of Acts. Now, again, we'll, we'll go through it next time. Um, when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge, verse 13, that the word of God was preached uh, of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. Wait a second, that's 50 miles, you said. I know. That's some intense hatred. That's the way it is. Tell you that uh, people who are anti-God, they they spend money, they spend time, they write books, they Dawkins. There's no God. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. He goes all over the world, and his purpose in life is to teach you that there is no purpose in life. That's a strange, strange man with a strange ministry. I'm using my ditto fingers, ministry. Why does he care? Because nobody's indifferent to Jesus. Okay, you love him or you hate him. Hopefully you'll love him here this morning. So they chased them all the way over from Thessalonica. All, what? They're preaching up Berea. We can't have this. So they run down a break. 50 miles, okay? That's, that's, that's time. That's money. That's effort. That's here from, to, here, from here to Bangalore. Somebody walking down to Bangalore and tell us, I can't believe you're preaching down there and you've got to break it up, right? The Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea. They came thither also and stirred up the people. And then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go, as it, 
as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus abode there still. And so Paul's off, off to sea. Where's he going? He's going to Athens. Uh, but Silas and Timotheus, they, they stand at Berea. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens and received a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed. They departed. Now, that's where we're going to end. And next week, we'll look at Mars Hill, the Areopagus. And we'll look at all these, this wonderful speech in which not many people get saved. And like I say, that'll be for next week. Okay, so let's uh, stand and pray and our uh, worship team will come and we'll be dismissed. Lord, um, the obvious thing here this morning from your word, we want to share your word. We think your word changes lives. Um, And help us, Lord, to be done with opinions, to give people the Word of God, that sharp two-edged sword, which is living and, 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 Lord, we love your Word. And for those of us who are reading your Word every day, Lord, what a privilege, what a blessing, what a life-changing, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we're doing that, and it's so good to us, and you're so good to, to speak to our hearts and to guide us and to, to renew our... Uh, Give us daily vision of what we need for the day. We thank and praise for this. Lord, that this teaching time will be a benefit to us eternally. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our desire to get God's Word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses. And if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear, I count it all.